The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon, I am Vena Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing your nation's public radio source for the best new information, tips, techniques, strategies, etc. about real estate investing. And today is question and answer day. And since it is the last question and answer week of 2010, we're doing two things today. And when I say we, I mean me and you. And yes, I'm talking to you sitting in front of your radio or in front of your computer listening to us on wmkvfm.org we're gonna do questions but we're also gonna do goals goals for 2011 because y'all know that when you put your goals out there in front of everybody on public radio where it's then going to sit as a podcast for the rest of your natural life on itunes you kind of have to meet them right that's uh you know, real brave way to get out there and say what it is you're going to do in 2011 in real estate. And the way that you do that is you give us a call at 772-9658 if you're here in the greater Cincinnati area. If you're outside greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email by going to askvena.com. It's A-S-K-V-E-N-A dot com. Uh, there is no show without your questions and goals and oh also we'll take show suggestions for 2011 not along the lines of have me on your show so that i can promote my stuff since this is public radio but uh hey if you have something real estate investors need to hear about for the betterment of their business and or the world happy to hear your show suggestions again 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or give us a send us an email by going to the askvena.com response form. The Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati kicks off its 2011 programming schedule next Thursday. That would be January the 6th with a couple of cool beginning of the year uh, get you going programs. The early meeting is how to create a business plan to guide you to success in 2011. That will be with Jim Shapiro, who will also be my guest next week. He's going to talk about how to pick the right investment strategy for your situation, set realistic but challenging goals to reach your financial dreams, create a day-to-day plan, and make sure it actually gets implemented. That's the early meeting at Rio of Cincinnati. Next week, Thursday at 6 p.m., the main meeting is called Beyond Rich Dad, What You Really Need to Know to Make Money in Real Estate. And it's all about the uh, the stuff that you really know and need to know and the stuff that you can kind of ignore out there in the real estate world. It's going to be different for each of you, but uh, actually requires a lot less knowledge than you might think to do this whole real estate thing. So join us at RIA of Cincinnati. More information at CincinnatiREIA.com. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go to the phones here on Question and Answer Week to Darren, who's calling from Michigan. Darren, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. How are you doing, Vina? It's a pleasure talking with you. You too, Darren. Um, I got a couple of questions. The first one is how to generate uh, traffic uh, on a shoestring budget. <laughs> and, the next, and the next question is pertaining to when you're doing comps uh, and you're in an area where there's a lot of REOs, how do you determine the the value of the property. Okay, Garen, two really good questions. Now, let me let me uh, taking your first question first. When you say generate traffic, 
Do you mean traffic from sellers, buyers, renters? Yeah, uh, sellers, uh, traffic to for sellers. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you, Darren, my favorite shoestring budget thing, and I say this because I, I, I've done it myself. I've gone back to it over and over again. Trust me, I remember being on a shoestring budget. I remember having to cancel basic cable <laughs> because I just couldn't pay the $30 a month way, way back at the beginning here. Uh, and also because it works really, really well, is driving for dollars. Uh, pick out pick out a rental neighborhood that is not too 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 scary. You know, you want you want something where uh, almost everybody's a renter. Uh, preferably, I really prefer uh, if there are bigger houses in that neighborhood, like three, four, five bedroom houses, mm-hmm. and drive around and look for the board ups. And look for the, uh, you know, snow that hasn't been walked on at this time of year and the windows that are broken and the no shades in the windows, you know, signs that the house is clearly unlived in and probably unwanted. And then go back home and get on your computer and look up the owner in the tax rolls and send them just a very simple handwritten postcard. That says, hi, I'm Darren. I saw that you had a house at 123 Easy Street. I'm super interested in buying it. If you'd give me a call, here's my number. You will get a very high response rate from that. And it's not expensive. I'm saying if you if you send out 100 postcards like that, I bet you get 20 phone calls. Mm-hmm. The, rate, the response rate is that high. Now, you want to, when you go home and you find out that it's bank owned, ignore it, ignore it unless it's a little local bank. You know, if it's right. if it's Citibank, don't send them a postcard. You'll never hear from them. If it's uh, if it's uh, Corner Bank of Detroit, <laughs> call them up and say, "Hey, I saw this. You know, you you want to sell this house, right? You don't have to write them a postcard." Uh, so if you limit if you limit the list that way, so that you're you're writing to individual people who have houses that they clearly are not making any money on, you will get a very high response rate, and they will be very motivated to sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So there's answer number one. Answer number two about the comps. That's a real interesting one because um, everybody in the entire country is having that problem. You, you, you go in and you say, all right, so I need to find out what what six-room, three-bedroom brick houses are selling within a half a mile of this house. And every single one of them was a bank-owned property. Or it was a sheriff sale. Or it was a short sale. Yeah. You know, They were all they were all distressed sales. And what we're looking for is what, what would this house sell for if it was fixed up and sold, right? Right. Um, couple of pieces of advice I will give you. Um, number one, when, when I see a, a neighborhood like that, you typically find that, that of the bank owned property sales, they were all in about the same price range. Uh, I often see that, you know, there, there were 18 bank owned properties sold in a neighborhood and they all sold between, you know, 18 and 22,000. So that does give you a place to start in the sense of saying, uh, the guys who bought this were rehabbers, right? I mean, they, were, they didn't sell to homeowners. Right. They didn't have plumbing in them. So they, they, we know they didn't sell to homeowners. And they were they were probably thinking that they were paying 60 to 70 cents on the dollar, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I sort of do this mental math. I say the properties probably needed a minimum of 20000 in work. So if they bought it for twenty, they're going to be in it for forty by the time they've done the repairs. If they thought that that was 60% of value, then they thought the value was around sixty to sixty-five thousand dollars. Now right. I don't then go, okay, it's sixty to sixty-five thousand. That's just one piece of evidence, right? Mm-hmm. Piece yeah. of evidence number two that I use is a lot of times those properties will get fixed up and then listed for resale, and they mm-hmm. they may not have sold yet, but a realtor can tell you what the active fixed up listings on the market are. And if right. I see that those are, say, 59, 60, 65, I say, okay, there's piece of evidence number two that we're probably in the 60 to $65,000 price range on these. Then the third, right. the third thing I look at is a rental evaluation that says, okay, what, forget selling it. What would this house rent for if it was fixed right. up? And there's, there's kind of a it's, very, it's a very rule of thumb kind of thing, and it depends on the price range the property's in. But generally, a house that will rent for six fifty a month is a sixty five thousand dollar house, at least right. in theory. So if 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 I go to Craigslist and I see that lots of people are asking for six fifty a month for three bedroom houses in that area, I say okay, sixty five thousand is the number I'm going to use. Right. Right. So. Th- 
in a rental neighborhood, <clears throat> that's kind of an easy evaluation to do because bottom line is you got to figure out if I if I if I pay for it based on the idea that it was worth sixty five and it needs this much repairs and I'm paying this much, and then I work those numbers backwards and I say all right I pay I pay twenty I put in another twenty I've got a private loan at eight percent is it going to cash flow at six fifty a month is it going to cash flow a couple of hundred bucks a month is what I want to know at six fifty a month then it's a good deal I mean does it if, if you're if you or your buyer is holding it as a rental it doesn't really matter what it's quote worth as much as it does does it meet the cash flow goals right right so uh probably a more complicated answer than you were looking for but the thing is that's what that's what we have to do now right uh, that's that's the reality right. the reality of our market is there aren't fixed up houses selling in neighborhoods like that right so darren okay. do you do you do you have a goal for 2011 for your real estate yeah. business what is that? Yeah. Well, basically, I would like to do at least three, three to five houses a month, um, at least anywhere from uh, seven thousand to ten thousand per house. Nice. Um, you know. So uh, wholesale? You're gonna wholesale those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I work. I work. A, I work a job that I'm trying to to uh, free myself from and go at it full time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so, uh, let me let me give you one piece of advice on that goal, Darren. When you when you do your first deal, figure on setting aside. Well, for, first of all, set aside you know twenty percent of it for taxes. It might not actually end up being that much, but at least you have it at the end of the year. Set, give the next ten percent to charity. Give it to anybody you want. Your church, your local, you know, cancer association, whatever. Right. But then set aside the rest of that first deal for marketing. Right. Because you can you can really accelerate the number of deals you're doing if you can do if you can spend some money on some marketing for both for sellers but also for buyers on the back end. Right. And you can you can really set yourself up to do a whole bunch of deals after that first one if you set aside that money for marketing. Right. Okay. Now last question. Yeah. Last question, Gina. Now, what type of management software do you use for your business that makes it you know very simple simple to you uh when you say management what do you mean rental management contact management as far as, as far as keeping all of your your data all your information pertaining to sellers buyers and you know uh, uh i gotta whenever you generate me i gotta tell you darren i'm a simple soul and I know there's a there's a lot of software out there that you can buy that is specifically made for real estate investors, and it tends to be kind of pricey. I've seen it anywhere from three to five thousand dollars, and then sometimes there's a monthly fee on top of that. I don't use right. any of that stuff. I basically mm-hmm. have a spreadsheet for seller contacts, and I have a database that I created with a, a, a just a, the database system that came on my computer. And it's right. just very simple to set up for my for my uh, buyers. Mm-hmm. And I and it, it doesn't you know it doesn't look all pretty and have all the colors of the five thousand dollars stuff, but it works really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Vina. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you very much, Darren, and thank you for sharing your two thousand eleven goals. And they're out there in the universe now, so. They'll start coming to you. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk to Jason on line two. We will also talk to you at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. We'll be right back right after this. Support comes from the Hamilton County Park District, offering a number of facilities to host your after-the-holidays holiday party. That's when availability is greater and your staff can relax and enjoy themselves with a company party after the hectic holidays. The Hamilton County Park District has all the details. They're now taking reservations at 521 Park. That's the corporate guest service at 513-521-PARK or at greatparks.org. Checking on traffic right now. No accidents, no disables, but suddenly lots of delays, including South 75 at 275, South 75 at Lachlan, and again approaching the Brent Spence Bridge, South 71 around Pfeiffer, and North 71 some backups around Pfeiffer and again at around Montgomery near the mall. 
It is uh, 521. Your forecast tonight calls for cloudy skies, some rain showers, uh, maybe some ice accumulations overnight, but not too much. Tonight's low 32. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 42. And for New Year's Eve, a high of 52 degrees. It is 34 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. Today is question and answer week, and because it is the final one of 2010, we're doing questions, we're doing answers, we're also doing your goals. You know, put them, put them, put them, put them out there in front of the whole world, and then, you know, you're running to people on the street and say, I heard you on Real Life Real Estate, and you said you were going to wholesale three houses a month. How's that going? It'll push you forward to make you do it. Let's talk to Jason on line two. Jason, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, how are you? Very good, Jason. How are you? Good. My question is about marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out, I'm a beginning investor. I'm trying to figure out how much I should spend. Um, I heard a number um, quoted where um, I should spend um, 500 to $1,000 a month on marketing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's too much or too little? And if if it's um, right in the ballpark, what would you spend that money on? Well, Jason, let's let's talk about marketing versus effective marketing. Because it, it would it would be easy to spend ten thousand dollars a month on marketing if you were going to do all the marketing that you could possibly do. I mean, I assume you're talking about marketing to sellers for deals here. Yes. That there there are so many different kinds of sellers. Right, and there's so many categories. I mean, heck, you could mail to real estate agents. You could there's 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 all sorts of things that you could do. The question gets to be really twofold. Number one, what is the most effective marketing that you're doing? And you kind of have to test that to find out. The other the other thing is, at what point do you personally reach a point where you are so inundated with? response that you can no longer keep up with it and that's a good problem to have i know but it actually it actually does happen to people sometimes so uh what what part of the country are you from jason philadelphia you're from philadelphia okay part of i i think i think a 500 to a thousand dollar a month marketing budget if you can swing that and not not everybody can right from the beginning some people have to start with you know 50 bucks and do a deal and work up from there uh should do all the marketing that you would ever want to do what marketing is the question and my first my first answer to you would be you need to check out your county's records you need to check out what is available out there for you to to get to in the way of um estates evictions foreclosures you know th- things that would be relatively easy for you to get in a uh in a regular on a regular basis okay and that will tell you what sort of marketing you need to develop. And it will also tell you to some extent whether you're talking in direct mail, you're talking letters or postcards. Postcards are cheaper. But sometimes there, there's, some, there's some kinds of sellers for whom I don't think postcards work very well. And uh, sellers who have inherited a property are a good example of that. I think those really have to go into an envelope. And, of course, that's going to drive how, much, how many mailings $500 will do, Right. You'll notice, maybe from this answer and the prior one, that I am a big fan of direct mail as opposed to internet marketing. Now, I think there's a place for internet marketing in your in your life, but the difference between the marketing that you might spend money on on the internet and stuff that you are dropping into somebody's mailbox is on the internet, people have to find you, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody somebody basically has to go to go to go online and and, and Google. Uh, I want to sell my house in Philadelphia. For, for your website to even have a chance of showing up when you can when you can proactively go out to people and market to them uh, you get much much higher response rates and I know internet marketing is cheaper but it also requires a lot of time commitment and if I let's say had limited time like everybody else in the world did I would be doing direct mail so 500 to a thousand dollars a month will will uh, you know, basically, it'll get you 500 letters. A thousand dollars will get you 500 letters. Wait, am I doing that 
no, I'm so sorry, it'll get you 2,000 letters. $1,000 a month will get you 2,000 letters, and it'll get you about 4,000 postcards. And by golly, if you're sending out 2,000 letters a month and you're not doing two, two or three deals a month, you've got to step back and stop looking at your budget and start looking at what your marketing says, because that should be more than enough to do lots of deals. Now, the, the other question is, uh, what is your exit strategy? What are you going to do with these properties when you find them? I'll probably do um, lease option. Okay, okay. Uh, might be a good plan to sit down and figure out exa- what the exactly is, not the probably is, before you start going out to do this. Uh, but that means you're going to need to do back-end marketing too, right? You've got to find the tenant buyer. you got to get them signed up, all that sort of thing. So you're going to need to set aside, if you have a $1,000 a month budget, you probably need to set aside 150 or 200 of that for the selling side, for the bandit signs, the you know ads in the paper, etc., Although that that's not something that works especially well these days, uh, but but also keep that in mind as well. There, I, I guess this is a very extremely long way of saying to you, there is not a budget that I would recommend. It sort of depends on how many deals you want to do each month. Uh, if you're not getting, you know, thirty calls out of every thousand letters or postcards you send there's something wrong with the marketing. It's not how much money you're spending. It's the list you're mailing to, or it's what you are mailing. And if you get 30 calls and you're not making at least one deal out of those 30 calls, there's something wrong with your uh, negotiation skill or your um, uh, how you're evaluating the deal, You know what, you, what you're offering on the deal. So $1,000 a month will go a long, long, long way. I mean, $1,000 a month, if spent correctly in marketing, is probably going to net you at least a deal a month and maybe more if you put more effective marketing out there. Okay. Did that answer your question, Jason? Yes, thank you. Do do, do you have a goal for 2011 that you would like to share with the world? Uh, Well, I'd like to just, I'm just starting, so I'd like to do at least one deal. In all of 2011? Well, I haven't done any yet, so okay. I don't want to make a I don't want to make a goal and then then fail. I mean, I like to do one and see how it goes. Well, let's can 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 we say let's do one deal in the first four months of 2011 and see how that goes? How about six? Okay, good enough. Are you are you a member of the Diversified Investors Group up there, Jason? Yes. Cool. I will be up there in March. Great. I'll see you there. Cool. I will see you there. All right. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate Thank you. the call. It's question and answer week on real life real estate investing. You can give us a call and ask any question you like, although you will be pressed for your 2011 goals, as you have probably figured out. Uh, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Got a couple of emails prior to the show and um, then apparently put them in a folder that I don't know where they are. I thought it was right there, and I do not see them now. But, uh, hmm. yep, I moved them to some folder, and now I can't see them. Um, <clears throat> I'll find those in a minute. In the meantime, please call me or send me send me your questions or goals at uh, 772-9658 here in the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658 outside of greater Cincinnati. Or you can send them via our website at askvina.com. Support comes from the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Cincinnati. OLLI offers over 100 courses at several area locations for adults over 50, so you can rediscover the joy of learning. Winter classes start January 18th. Details online when you search OLLI Cincinnati or at 556 9186. Checking on traffic right now. No accidents, no disabled cars, but we have some backups approaching 275 in the Tri County area on southbound 75 and south 75 at the Brent Spence Bridge on 71. Some backups in the vicinity of Red Bank and the Montgomery exits around the Kenwood Town Center. Your forecast tonight some cloudy skies with rain showers developing, and then that could turn over to some ice accumulation with the lows reaching 32 degrees overnight, but no. Big accumulations of ice expected for your commute tomorrow. However, you do want to use caution. Tonight's low around 32. Tomorrow's high eventually will be 42 with some more rain showers. And then Friday, a high of 52 with a slight chance of rain. 
Saturday, New Year's Day, uh, mostly cloudy with a chance of some rain, a high back around 45 degrees, and then back into the 30s again next week. Right now, we're right around 34 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Pain, stiffness, or swelling in a joint, bone, or muscle may be a sign of arthritis, and there are more than 100 types, including osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Early and correct diagnosis can help treatment. More information about a diagnosis, protecting your joints, and a treatment plan is available at Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine at 513-985-3700. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate. And for those of you who are new to the program, this is the week where Venus spins about uh, 10 minutes of the total program, repeating the phone numbers over and over again, because she walks in here without any agenda whatsoever other than to answer your questions. So if you have questions or you'd like to share your 2011 goals or you would like to suggest a program topic, you can either call us inside the greater Cincinnati area. It's 513-772-9658. Outside Greater Cincinnati area, it's 877-772-9658. And by the way, any time during the week, you can always send a question by going to askvina.com. That's our uh, website that uh, sends the questions over to me, and I can always answer them in the show if the show is later in the week. Uh, Also, while you're there, you can check a little box, fill out your information, and receive a weekly e-letter from us here at Real Life Real Estate Investing that will remind you that the show is coming up, give you the links to listen, the numbers to call, and an article uh, usually by or about our guests or about something that you need to know to further your real estate career. Now, we had several folks who emailed in prior to the show today. Uh, One is Sabrina, who uh, doesn't say where she is from, but does uh, have an 804 area code. So maybe that'll tell you something. Uh, She says, hi, Vina. I love your show. Since I didn't reach my real estate goals last year, I'm almost afraid to make any this year. But here goes to wholesale at least one house every six weeks and purchase my first rental property in 2011. Thanks for what you do for new investors as well as experienced ones. I look forward to hearing from you and learning even more in 2011. Well, Sabrina, just because you didn't hit them in 2010 doesn't mean that you shouldn't set them for 2011. Perhaps a way to get to that goal this year is to break it down into what does what does buying a wholesale or flipping a wholesale deal every six weeks really mean? How many people do you have to talk to during that six weeks? And if the answer is, uh, I've, you know, in order to flip one deal, I probably have to talk to 20 people. Then the next question is, how many people do I have to reach out and touch in order to talk to 20? And the answer might be 100 or it might be 200 or it might be 300. And, and, and if that's the case, uh, what do I need to do to actually reach out and touch those 300 people? What kind of marketing can I do? Do I need to hire a virtual assistant to get me names? What, what actually has to happen in order to reach that goal? And we're going to have a whole show about this, by the way, next week, Sabrina. Uh, In the meantime, though, good luck. Thanks for sharing. It's out there now, and I'm sure that you will reach your goal in 2011. It's a very reachable goal. Uh, uh, Comment from Roxanne from here in Cincinnati. She says, one of my goals in 2011 is to wholesale 10 deals in the year. Another is to focus on my marketing, direct marketing, by sending out five pieces a week to start off my new year. Well, let's make that 50, Roxanne, because honestly, 50 is not that much harder to send out than five. If you can find five names, you can find 50. And if you can address five envelopes, you can address 50. Uh, My third goal is to start a mastermind group by February. Yay! That's a wonderful, wonderful idea. Mastermind groups are extremely helpful in keeping you accountable for your goals. Uh, Lastly, I want to write out my weekly plans on Sunday night with realistic and attainable goals, along with my continued real estate-focused education. All right, good stuff, Roxanne. That's That's very sort of, you know, focused and realistic about what actually has to be done in order to get to those goals. So thank you very much for sharing that. We're going to go to the phones now. We're going to talk to Richard on line one in Cincinnati. Richard, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, Vina. How are you? Great, Richard. How are you? Good, good, great. Uh, I appreciate all, all the all the all the information you share with us, and uh, 
Uh, I have a quick question. Uh, uh, there, there's a there, there's a deal right now. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to try to buy a pieces a lot. You know, to uh, but there's old there's old building. So basically, we have to demo that building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my question is that uh, I look around the numbers because it does need a lot of work. You know, we have because the the old existing building doesn't have public store, so we have to run the public store system have to demo that to all add up the cost you know on, on the lot mm-hmm. uh, so but in order to, to get a profit if I hire a contractor to build the house and that's what option one uh, the option two is find a builder but I think if, if we, I'm just trying to see the if, if, if really it's feasible to get a profit on this deal, because well, we have found a builder. Yeah, go ahead. Richard, let me ask you this. What, what na- neighborhood is this lot it, in? It, it's, it's, a top, it's a top one neighborhood, though. So, so where the lot is good, so there's no concern to sell it or rent it. But uh, just the, the, the cost number, I, I think I have a hard time to make. A, there, there's some profit room, but I'm just wondering, you know, if you get a builder, uh, that will be, uh, that will be. They're going to eat a lot of profit. You know? Yeah, there, there's actually there's actually a lot of complications to this deal, Richard. Uh, you know, one yeah. one question is, can you get public sewer run to this lot? I mean, does it does it exist where this is out on the street? Another question. Yeah. Another yeah. question is, are you going to get the zoning to infill? How how big is this lot? What's the size of it? It's it's about a little bit more than a half acre. Yeah, that the the the, uh, the question of yeah. yeah the question of whether the city's going to give you uh, a permit to even infill on a lot that size is is another question. Um, development and building, which is really what you're talking about here, is right. a, is a surprisingly low margin business. It's kind of exactly. it's it's kind of yeah. shocking. Even builders, I mean, even like big builders, uh, right. often work on what what turns out to be like a seven to ten percent margin. Right. So you know, I'm saying if they've got oh, okay. if they've got if they've got you know half a million dollars in a property, they they may only be making fifty thousand dollars. And okay. it's also a business that you kind of have to. Uh, you kind of have to have a lot of, of fairly specialized knowledge and sometimes connections to get into. So my question to you would be, why build new when you can buy so much stuff right now that's existing that is so cheap and just renovate what's there, which is going to be, I promise you, that's going to be cheaper than demolishing and rebuilding under any circumstances. I think so too. I just the, the the lot is so so good, so good location. So it's so attractive. Kind of make me maybe misleading me a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> well, and I think so because I'm an engineer, so I I, I know I can make that work. Ah, uh, that's your but problem. I, You're an engineer, so yeah. you can figure out how to do anything, <laughs> yeah. and then you get fascinated yeah, right. with actually doing it. And it doesn't matter if it actually makes right. money or not until you get to the end exactly. and you go, Oh my gosh, I did all this and I didn't make any money. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm, I'm thinking. I find out. There's no much uh, room for the profit, so I, I think I'm probably going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you just want to own the lot because you think it's got you think it's got future potential because of its location, you can yeah. always say to the seller, "I'll buy it from you for X dollars, but you have to have the building demolished before I'll even buy it." Exactly, that would be a good option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so, a very good point. So that's a possibility as well. So. Uh, Richard, for 2011, other than your goal of not getting fascinated with deals because you're an engineer. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, my goal is pretty clear. Uh, I'm sending offers pretty much every day right now. So uh, so my goal is I'm going to buy some good properties. We're going to be buy and hold. And, and some 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 property I'm going to wholesale. So Excellent. I have two strategies. So This is a great and, market to do either one. Right, right, but I think definitely I will learn from you a lot in the in the, in the future. So, 
Well, stick 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 yeah. around real life real estate, and you'll you'll pretty much hear it all over the course of the next year. So, all right, great. Uh, we look forward okay. to hearing from you at the end of 2011 how you did exactly that. Thank you very much for your call. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's Question and Answer Week. We are taking your calls with any questions that you have at seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight, or you can go to our website at askvina.com. Support comes from Hospice of the Bluegrass, Northern Kentucky, providing quality end-of-life care to residents of Northern Kentucky in their homes or in long-term care facilities. Hospice of the Bluegrass is the largest provider of hospice and palliative care to Kentucky residents. Hospice is all they do, so no matter how complex the case, their care teams are prepared to assist during the most difficult of times. More information at hospicebg.org. Hospice of the Bluegrass, Northern Kentucky's most complete hospice. And we check now on traffic, and we have pretty much the same situation. No accidents. That's good. No disabled. And we do have some backups. Uh, South 75 now between Union Center Boulevard and 275 around Tri-County. Not sure why that's backing up today, but it is. Uh, also down around Glendale Milford, some backups off through Paddock. And approaching the Brent Spence Bridge on 71, some backups in the vicinity of the Kenwood Town Center. Your forecast tonight, some cloudy skies, some rain showers, and maybe a little bit of freezing rain or ice overnight with a low of 32. Tomorrow, cloudy, some more rain showers in the morning, a high of 42. Friday, New Year's Eve, some rain possible, a 20% chance now they're saying, warmer with a high of 52. And then for New Year's Day, welcoming in the new year with cloudy skies. And a chance of some rain showers, maybe even some snow showers late Saturday night. Uh, The high temperature Saturday right around 48 degrees, but uh, Saturday night dipping down into the 20s. And then Sunday highs only in the mid-30s again. Right now we're at 34 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones. I'm sorry. I, I was just I was checking the Facebook page to see how many how many likes we have, which, by the way, is 4,714. And there's somebody hitting on me on the page. Bacon. No, it's not bacon. Bacon. Bacon knows to keep its distance from me. But there's somebody telling me what an attractive and intelligent woman I am. And this one is not a Saudi prince, which I I do get that on Facebook quite a bit that. Yeah, I'm I'm I I'm I'm a Saudi prince and I'm looking for a wife just like you. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not looking for a wife like me. Uh, so it's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate, and we are taking your questions either by phone at seven seven two nine six five eight, or if you're outside the Greater Cincinnati area, you can call toll free at eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. You can also go to askvina.com and fill out your question there. And while you're there, of course, sign up for our weekly e-letter so you can stay in touch with what's going on here at Real Life Real Estate Investing. A question here from Terrence in Louisville, Kentucky. He says, I'm a big fan of yours and would like to get some advice. Well, you're in the right place. I have been investing for three years now and have five properties, and for 2011, I'd like to step up the pace. I'm very interested in wholesaling. My question is, how should I go about creating a buyer's list? Yeah, Terrence, that is that is the question these days for wholesalers, is how do I get more buyers on my list who are not just anybody, but you know, like legitimate buyers who have cash or access to cash and who are actually motivated to buy and you know, experienced enough to make a quick decision and so on. And it is a, it is a, it's a, it's a constant project in every wholesaler's business to add new buyers to their buyers list. Even mine. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years and I am still treating every new buyer like gold, especially in this market, because there's so many deals to sell them. And there's uh, so few people who are qualified to get loans these days uh, that uh, it's got to be a cash buyer, right? So I'll tell you, and I, and I say this over and over again every time anybody asks me this question, if you are a wholesaler and you do not belong to your local real estate investors association, you are nuts because that is the best place to find buyers. And your local real estate investment association, I assume you know this, Terrence, but it's Kentucky Anaria there in Louisville. And uh, yeah, I know. See, this is, this, is the, this is the response I get from people when I say this. They say, well, I go to the meetings and it seems like everybody there is a newbie. Okay, A- 
I promise you not everybody's there's there's a newbie. Yeah, 60% of the people in the room have never done a deal. However, the other 40% have done deals, and that 40% rotates depending on what the meeting is. At this meeting, it might be, you know, Mr. Landlord coming to speak, so it's all the landlords that show up and those would be your good buyers for rental properties. And the next meeting it's a rehab speaker and, and uh, uh, all the, all the rehabbers show up and those are your good rehab buyers. So you have to go to the meetings and you have to network. I know that's hard. It's hard for me. I, I don't, I don't do well, you know, just talking to strangers myself, uh, which is why I'm on the radio. Cause you, you can't see me and I can't see you. So it's very comfortable for me. Uh you got to you got to like sit and ask people, you know, so what are you what are you doing in real estate? And oh, how's that working out for you? And what neighborhoods are you interested in? Hey, if I found a deal in that neighborhood, would you be interested in having me call you about it? Uh, that is the place to find your buyers. I, I Through the years and still to this day, probably 90 to 95 percent of the people that I wholesale properties for, to I have met at our local real estate association. So that's number one. Number two is uh, just um, keeping your eye open for signs of folks who are buying and rehabbing properties. In in any city that you go to, uh, I'll use Cincinnati as an example because I know the numbers here, uh, there's something like two million people in the greater Cincinnati census region. It's like 15 counties here. There's like a thousand of them that are members of RIA. And there should statistically be about 60,000 people who own at least one investment property in this area. So where are the other 59,000? Well, they, they, they've never heard of RIA. They used to belong, but then they became so advanced that they said, I don't need to belong anymore. Or they can't come to Thursday night meetings or whatever. Who cares? There's 59,000 more people out there. How do you find those folks? As you're driving around, you know, looking at houses or driving for dollars or whatever, look for that. Look for the properties that have dumpsters in front and people hauling carpet out into them, and go in and say, "Hey, are you the owner? Who is the owner? Does he buy a lot of houses? Well, how can I get a hold of him?" You can add active investors to your list that way. It's obviously a slow process. It's not one where you're going to go out and put fifty properties, put put fifty buyers on your list in one day, but they are good buyers. You know, just 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 talk to people. I got I got a text today from somebody that I know who's not even in real estate that said, hey, my son is interested in buying some rehab properties in, happen to be in West Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, do you know anybody up there who's selling properties? So it's just, just networking, letting people know what you do uh, will do a lot. And uh, number one place, again, is at your real estate association. So, oh, and, and by the way, when you get a buyer on your list, don't just get their card. Find out what they really want what areas, what kinds of properties, things they love, things they hate, what their price range is, how much money they can spend, etc. All good ways to put buyers on your buyers list. So appreciate your question, Terrence. If you have a question, you can call us at 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area, outside greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658. Or you can also... Uh, just send us an email by going to askvina.com. A question from Mike in Flint, Michigan. Hey, Mike, what's up? Mike's the past president, I believe, of uh, a group up there that used to be one of the biggest groups in the country. They had like 1,200 members at one time. It was kind of amazing uh, for a city the size of Flint, particularly. Uh, What is the best way to move out of low-income rentals and upgrade to better homes and rehabs, homes that are in good shape but the neighborhood is starting to change, still good for low-income, better than average cash flow, but high management? So you're looking looking to sort of upgrade the price ranges, neighborhoods, etc. of your rental property is, is what I get from this. And uh, I'll tell you, Mike, uh, one answer, if you've been in the business long enough and you have uh, lots of paid off properties, is sell what you have and do 1031 exchanges into what you want. Uh, you get to keep so much more of your cash by doing that exchange. And boy, that'd be a good topic for, ne- write that down. That'd be a good topic for next year's programming is 1031 exchanges. Um I, I know a lot of landlords who've been in the business for a while who do that because you know, if you if you can sell two thousand two properties for fifty grand a piece and trade them into a house that's really worth one fifty but you're only paying a hundred for it, 
you're going to get about equivalent cash flow. You're going to have easier management, which is what I think you're looking for here. Uh, and you're going to have a property that actually appreciates, which is always nice, of course. So uh, 1031 exchanges is one solution. And I'll tell you something, Mike, just sort of um, unique to your market a little bit. There are a lot of buyers for those low-income properties that are those low-income rentals that have high income. In other words, you can you know you can sell them for forty or fifty thousand, but really they're renting for six fifty or seven hundred a month. In your area, there are a lot of buyers for those properties that are out of country. Australia, England, places like that, where forty thousand dollars U.S. is only twenty thousand pounds. And you might want to hook up with maybe a local agent who is selling properties to out of those, those out of the country investors, because if you can give them a turnkey rental, you've already got a tenant in it, they're going to have it managed. They don't care about the management hassle. And if with the 10% management fee, they're still making a good return, uh, they're happy to do it. And why Flint and Detroit? I don't know. I guess they're reading in the papers that those are very, very high uh, foreclosure, cheap areas but that's that's what i'm seeing up there so uh yeah just, just sit down with some spreadsheets figure out like if i sold if i sold my current rentals what would i get out of it and how much could i buy of the kind of thing i want with that money if i didn't have to pay taxes on the sale it's real life real estate investing we're down to the, about the last eight minutes here of our last question and answer week of the year so uh gonna invite you to send your questions at this point via email to askvina.com. I uh, do have a couple of others lined up here, so you better ask fast if you have a question or would like to state a goal. Um, going back to the questions here, uh, we have one from Louis. I'm going to say L U I S, Louis Lewis. In Houston, how do I get help to do my first deal? Unemployed, broke, and looking for work. <laughs> Great question, Louie. Uh, I would say that uh, it depends on what you mean by, quote, get help. If you're looking for someone to walk you through the deal, find it for you, help you negotiate it, sign it up for you, find you a buyer, etc., you might be looking for a little too much. We get We get a lot of that at real estate associations and uh, conferences and things like that. People who they basically want their hand held through an entire deal for free. And when you think about that from the other side, from the side of the guy who's spending this time with you to do a deal instead of spending a time doing his own deal, you kind of might realize that that is, is, is a bit much to ask. Now I'm not trying to discourage you because there, do you know how many real estate millionaires started out unemployed and broke? I mean, golly, <laughs> half of them probably. Um, you just need to be, you just need to, to have your sights in the correct place, which is how do you get the basic education you need for in it for not too much money? And how do you have people that are in your local market that you can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, what do you think of this neighborhood? I've got a three bedroom. Uh, I think it's worth 65,000. Is that correct? And they will say yay or nay. And again, and this sounds like I set all this up, best place is your real estate association, which in your case is the Realty Investment Club of Houston. Get it? Real estate in Realty Investment Club of Houston. What does that spell? Rich. That's right. The Rich Club. Try to figure out how to do that for Cincinnati, but I couldn't, I couldn't make it spell that. Uh, Rich Club meets, I want to say, the first Saturday of the month. Um, they're a nonprofit organization, which is why I'm allowed to say their name on public radio. Uh, their their website is richclub.org. And, Louis, I will be there in February um, if you'd like to come and meet in person, uh, which is why I was able to rattle their website. I'm sorry, April. I'm going to be there in April. Uh, why I was able to ra rattle their website off the top of my head. Go there. There's some really great people there. You know, they're friendly, as is often the case in Texas. Uh, you can go to the meetings, get your basic education, talk to people about what they're doing, you know, hang out with them after the meeting, uh, find out what's really working down there and get some business cards of people that you can pick up the phone and call when you get a deal under contract and you're scared. So that's my best advice for you, Louie. Uh, Bob from sunny Seattle says, I have a few residential properties owned by my LLC financed by loans with private lenders who have a deed of trust and promissory note for the collateral. I would like to set up 
some kind of instrument that would provide for someone to handle the liquidation of these properties should I cease to be living before the notes are paid. My wife doesn't want to deal with it, so I suppose a third party should handle it like an attorney. What would you recommend is the way to put this in place? Should I set up a trust or another way to make sure this gets handled properly? Uh, on another subject, I'm no longer receiving your e-letter. Where can I re-enlist? Yeah, Bob, uh, that e-letter thing, uh, we're going to be sending you a an opt-in over the course of the next two or three days. We, we have to go back and re-opt in everybody on that list who's been on it for more than a year. And I know you've been on it for like six years. So uh, when you get that email, just fill in the form. And I know it's a, it's a pain, but the our, our email provider is requiring that. Um, yeah, and I appreciate you thinking about what you're thinking about here, Bob, because... My father did not do this, and he got Alzheimer's, and I mean, he's still alive, but he has Alzheimer's, and he really kind of thrust it upon my mother to deal with a very large set of properties that she had no idea how to deal with, and it has, it has truly become a financial disaster for them. So yay for you for thinking about this ahead of time. Uh, what you need to do is you need to, uh, you need to appoint an executor for your estate, and uh pro- probably have the same person be sort of a uh executor for the LLC. I mean the LLC isn't you, the LLC isn't going to die, but make that part of the uh instructions of the executor. Now, an- another thing to think about, Bob, is the possibility of uh, uh call your life insurance agent and say I want to create a basically a life insurance pool where if I die there will be enough money in that pool for my wife to pay off all of these private loans. So, so it's not that it's not that uh, your private lenders are necessarily the direct beneficiaries. Okay, your insurance agent will know how to set this up. Uh, but you know, would she would she be okay of dealing with them if they were all completely paid off and she could hire a property manager and just sit and live off the income? I'm I'm thinking maybe she would. So don't don't assume that the thing that needs to happen is that everything needs to get sold and the private lenders need to get paid off. Uh, if you were to pass away prematurely, uh, look at it in this different way of how could I insure myself in such a way that the, the private lenders could be paid off, the wife could own the property free and clear, and they could be managed by a property manager so that she doesn't have to deal with all of that. Uh, but otherwise, yes, I would say that your attorney is probably the right person to deal with any sort of um, disposition of properties that would be required from the LLC. Uh, okay, last question. Norm from the Hills of West Virginia. I am new to investing. What is your favorite way of finding motivated sellers? And have you done this in mo- in uh, other markets? Uh, yes, again, Norm, driving for dollars, particularly when you're first starting. Very, very, very lucrative, good stuff. Easy to do and cheap. Uh, second thing is, what has been your most costly mistake or learning experience in wholesaling? Wow. Ah, there, there, you really, it's hard to make costly mistakes in wholesaling, Norm. The, the thing is, you know, you, if you don't, if you don't sell the property, you typically don't buy it, so you don't, you know, it's stuck with those things. I, I gotta say, with all due respect to my partner Drew, that probably the costliest mistake I ever made was getting a partner at the beginning of it. And I, you know, I say that, I say that in a tongue in cheek way. And yet I see a lot of people doing that. They like want to partner up with somebody and you end up spending the rest of your life giving away half of all your deals, even when you're at the point where you could do everything yourself. So I'd have to say that's my costliest mistake. Uh, Thanks to everybody for your questions, comments, goals. Good luck to all of you in 2011. If we can help here on Real Life Real Estate for you to reach any of those goals, be sure and give us a call anytime during the program or send us an email anytime at askvina.com. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence in 2011. Until then, happy investing. This is 89.3 WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Time for Local 12 News in Cincinnati. Good on that promise several times. It's the serve street workers who help tell it like it is. They're all ex-cons. We're not going to take angels. We're not going to take choir boys and send them into that group. We've got to get people that can make a connection in that group.